new with us today or sort of been coming, um, I've been looking and talking about love is the oxygen for kingdom living, that his love is the oxygen for kingdom living, that without oxygen, human beings cannot survive, and without understanding his love, and when I say that, I mean really his love, understanding the love of God, because so often we define what that means. If I was to hand a microphone around this auditorium, I reckon we'd get a mixed view on when we say what is love, our opinions. And so our heart here at The Rock, and certainly my heart today, is to try and bring everyone together onto a same page and to walk into an alignment that we understand the Father's love in its fullness. Because so often we can just talk about one aspect of His love, which means we become lopsided. So we can talk about the love and the grace of God, which is awesome and it's all empowering and it's this thing that transforms us. But the fullness of that grace, the fullness of His love is always sort of a two-sided thing. So there is this, you know, this, this, this all-consuming that Clay spoke about last week, which is phenomenal. But then there is this disciplined side of God and His love. Like a, like a father, there's this, you know what, it's time to, to stand up and, and walk straight and, and that's that sort of fear of the Lord aspect that the Bible talks about. The Bible says to work, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And that, what that really means is have an incredible awe of this God, this Jesus Christ. Be in awe to the point where it's like, wow, this is so incredible. He's so magnificent. I walk in this alignment. Because if we just sit, and this is where I think we have, as a leadership, I say we and, and when I talk about leadership, I talk about the church leadership. We've probably maybe preached this side, but not quite preached this side. And so what can happen if you preach this side too much is apathy sets in. Well, I don't need to do anything because God loves me and that's it. No, God loves you, yes, and he died for you. Not that you would perform anything, but that love, that grace, he is expecting something from us. He is looking for us to appropriate something on the earth. He calls us to be obedient. He calls us to walk, to love, to give, and to be transformed. And so we have to be defined by His meaning of love, not our meaning. And this is this crazy journey that we're on here as a community, is to walk in the fullness of truth, which how many people know it's going to require a letting go of some things in us? It's going to require the mind being transformed. It's going to require death to our flesh. It's going to require some of those things. And we've been talking about this new wineskin, which really isn't new. The wine's not new, the skin is. The wine is 2,000 years old. It's fresh. It was fresh then, it's fresh today. And God's looking for a skin, a vessel that he can pour that wine into that can receive the fullness of that wine without it exploding, without it bursting. That's why there's nothing wrong with the wine as that scripture we're looking at. It's the skin's ability to have the wine poured in. Hence, our minds must be continually being renewed via the Holy Spirit because we have all started off life in a default setting, haven't we? Through two people's decision, we have been affected by that, hence we start off in the kingdom of darkness. And when we come over into the kingdom of God, 
How many people know that when you do that transition, it doesn't mean your mind is renewed? You can leave that kingdom and enter the kingdom of God through the Spirit, but still think like you thought in the kingdom of darkness. Still about me. Still about what I'm coming to get. Still about, it's a, this is all about me, and I'm trying to fulfill my. But Jesus said, no, no, now when you live in this kingdom, this kingdom's from another kingdom. This kingdom's about me, and allowing me to define you firstly through my love. And so this is why I've been talking about in this new but not so new wineskin that we must be anchored to and built on His love. And His love is two-sided, as I've said. It's long-suffering. I long that no one would perish. But then you have this discipline, and the Father disciplines those He loves. And we've talked about some of these things that uh, I need discipline. My Father disciplined me, and He disciplined me well. And I did have a fear of my father, a healthy fear. Not a fear that my father's going to beat me. My dad never laid a hand on me in that aspect. I mean, he smacked me from time to time, which I'm into and I believe in. But it was healthy discipline. And it was a healthy discipline that we had a, a respect for our father and my mother, but our father that helped us walk in this accuracy of alignment. Because you know when you're six foot two, six foot three and about 90 kilos your mum's not quite as dominant as what she is when you're about three foot two. <laughs> but your father, even though you're bigger than your father, give you a look. Got you, Dad. Don't cross that line. Got you, Dad. And it's love. And that's another side of the Lordship of God. That love is all empowering. It's all-encompassing. Now let's walk in an alignment. You hearing what I'm saying? And so um, I'm just going to read you. Don't turn there. I just want to read you Psalm 119. And I'm going to read it reasonably quickly. Are you reading it this morning? Someone's in? <laughs> now this is David. Okay, so I want you to hear this. This is King David. This is the man that God said, this man is a man after my own heart. This man is the king of Israel, and yet we know he messed up. But the beautiful thing about this man in his heart is he repented and came back into. His level of repentance in his heart was so incredible that God just quickly, well, very, restores him. And then he starts writing things after this event where he messed up. And he says this, My soul cleaves to the dust. Revive me according to your word. And you like that? You see, he's sort of doing these things. He's thinking, well, I'm this king and I'm this man now and I've got this authority and I can move in this. And, you know, maybe there are no sort of limits to what I can do. And, you know, as we know, he sees Bathsheba, he gets her husband killed. And, but all of a sudden there's this, there's this new life that starts coming forth. Revive me according to your word. I have told of my ways and you have answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the way of your precepts. He's saying, define my reality, God. Uh, so I will meditate on your wonders. My soul weeps because of grief. Strengthen me according to your word. I love this. Remove the false way from me. King David. And graciously grant me your law. I have chosen the faithful way. I have placed your ordinances before me. 
I cling to your testimonies. O oh Lord, do not, me, do not put me to shame. I shall run the way of your commandments for you will enlarge my heart. Man, there is some wicked truth in here. Just one verse you could spend time on meditating. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I shall observe it to the end. Give me understanding that I may observe the law and keep it with all my heart. Make me walk in your path of your commandments, for I delight in it and climb my heart to your testimonies and not to dishonest gain. I'll read the whole thing. Turn away my eyes from looking at vanity and revive me in your ways. Establish your word to your servant as that which produces reverence for you. Turn away my reproach which I dread, for your ordinances are good. Behold, I long for your precepts, your truth. Revive me through your righteousness. That's enough. Let's go home. (laughs) That's pretty powerful, eh? You see, the wine is not the problem. It's the skin. And God is refashioning, realigning, putting back in place a wine skin that never should have got lost, but establishing it on love, His love, and a whole lot of other things that we're going to talk about and come into. He said this, I will build my church. And what on earth did the guy mean? I will build my church. The Bible clearly states that his ways are not our ways. And for us to understand and comprehend his ways, our minds must be renewed and being renewed by revelation of his truth via the Holy Spirit. We must see from divine perspective if we are to be the people that God envisages. So what did Jesus mean when he said, I will build my church? I'm just going to read this to you. This is just my own paraphrasing. I believe this is what Jesus meant. I will build my people through a work of the Spirit. And these people will be a transformational community. You know, when I read Acts 4 and 5, I see these men and women that literally laid it down. Now, community, and I'm going to keep harping on about this, is not, and firstly, a suburb in which you live. Community is the people of God coming together for one mind, one purpose, one love, one spirit, determined to lay their lives down for the same and equal purpose, the big goal. Everyone moving towards that. Those people come from all over the planet. Those people, our community here, we may be smack bang in the middle of Wellington, but we've got people that come from Miramar, we've got people that come from Paraparam, I come from Campbell, Porirua, Upper Hutt, Lower Hutt. Why? Why, if community is where you live, why don't you go where you live? Why don't you find a community where you live? Join a church community. Why do you come here? You see, there's something God's doing in the Spirit that draws us all together and community is formed there. And it's a community of one mind. What a challenge that is. 
That's why God's bringing us into His mind. Because once again, if I went around the room and said, define love, I bet you would have 20 different opinions on what love is through our own experiences, our own reading, our own understanding. God said, I'm going to build my people through the Holy Spirit. It's a work of the Spirit. So we can't replicate it. We can't fornicate it. We can't, we can't create it in our own working. We can't get our hands on it. And it's a work of the Spirit of God. See, I'm booming today. <laughs> you hear what I'm saying? Now you can have that in a place called Campbell. You can have that in a place called Porirua, Upper Hut, Lower Hut, London, wherever you are. So it's not either or, it's both and more, but it's not defined by parameters. It's not defined by geography. It's defined by heart. And when I read Acts 4 and 5, I see these people of one heart. They're laying things down. There is no need. There's just this overwhelming sense of love. They understood that Christ was returning, not when, but why. They had the revelation of that which empowered a certain type of lifestyle because it was living, real. The day of the Lord was real to them. It could be tomorrow. It could be now. So let's live according to the revelation of that because it's about defining His kingdom on the earth, not about living for an individualistic purpose and goal. God always starts with a body. What is my body up to? And is my body reflecting my Father? God is love, the Bible says. Jesus was the exact representation of His Father, love. And as I've been talking about, the church is to represent the Father on the earth with love. It's the first and foremost aspect of us. That's a challenge, isn't it? A real challenge. But I'm hungry for this. I hope you're hungry for this because in that process, have a guess who gets transformed. Have a guess whose lives get lost and whose lives are found. Have a guess about whose worries get washed away and who is worryless. Freedom, it's called. At the letting go and the submission to another, life comes. And this is why we've got to walk together because that's easy to say, isn't it? Easy to hear, but are you going to do it? The Bible says we must be hearers and doers of the word. Well, I know me and I know that I probably more than likely won't be able to do that on my own. Because me will probably want to dominate me. But if I walk with a brother, a sister, who encourage, edify, correct me at times, come on, let's live for this thing. Let's live for it. Let's sell everything for it. Now hear me, I'm not talking about going and selling your house or your car. And, no, let's sell ourselves for what he calls us to be. And allow it and enter into it it's transformational people is what he's building. 
Not big buildings, people. And we may have to have a bigger building to handle all the transformation that's going on, which is cool. I will build my people through a work of the Spirit and these people will be a transformational community. A community that reflects my nature, my compassion, my love, my heart, my generosity, my sufferings, my trials, my life, my power because of their intimacy with me and their wholehearted devotion to me and one another. We had the privilege on Friday night of going out with Danielle's workmates and her boss put on, uh, we were on a, catamaran, the Dominion sort of catamaran ferry thing that goes from Dockside to Eastbourne and back and she'd hide that for the night and the things that we were talking, it was awesome to be able to just be in that environment, you know there was all sorts going down alcohol was flowing I went up the top and you know there's some interesting smoking being done and you know but just to be in it and, and I had a conversation with Danielle's boss and we've been building this relationship. Danielle's been building this relationship. And to hear just their comments on their thoughts about Danielle was really, I was so proud of the work that she's doing in the heart and, and, and what they see in her. And, and, you know, you're sort of part of it, but you're outside of it. And just about a sheer life. And, well, what do you guys got? What's on your wife? What's this? And, you know, it's, it's being different, but being with. And this love of Christ that is in you, that you're allowing to be formed in you because you are dissipating and He is growing, is tangible to people. They can see it. And you know what? And I was sharing this with her. I said, you're wired to receive it. The very thing you're looking for in all these different avenues, you will never find. Hence it says, if we love Him, and are one with Him, a world will know that He was sent for them. And you will know my disciples by the way they love one another. I want to show you a clip, and uh, half the clip. And I want to show you, this is quite funny, but has a serious side to it as well, of sort of what I sort of picture the church trying to love one another looks like. And I think this has everything in it. And so let's watch the clip and we'll keep talking. Pick me up, To the top, love every day. Pay no mind to talks or advances. Take my chances on every day. Left to right, up and down, love. Push up, love, love every day. Jump in the mud, get your hands dirty. Up on every day. 
after a hug will you give me a hug will you love me and you know, it starts off it's a bit rough I think it's a beautiful expression of you know will I engage in this or not someone right beside me will I just continue to come and sit here and sit here and I don't know who they are I don't know what they're about I don't even know their needs oh well or like we see there some people choose to engage into what? You see that older lady, eh? Thinking about it. I love the husband. <laughs> Boof. I just love that. To me, that impacts what God's trying to do here more and more. You'll know my disciples by the way they love one another. But that requires an active choice. That requires a submission to a choice. It requires that the church live in the commandments, not the instructions, firstly. And we're going to talk about that. Purpose of our faith relationship is about maturing us into his image, because he is looking for a bride who has, is who is his equal. It's about the church maturing into the perfect mature stature of him. This starts with what? Love. And I shared last week that um, also, two weeks ago, that in defining this, I talked about this love is selfless and sacrificial. And I talked about uh, Balaam and the donkey and, and the love the donkey had for Balaam, even though Balaam was, was giving the donkey a good old kicking. And it's the selfless, sacrificial. The Father showed you and I His love actively by sending His boy. Can you think about that? He made an active choice because this love was so in him to send his son to die. A selfless, sacrificial act of love. We talked about 1 John 3.16. You'll know by the way they laid down their lives for one another. John 14.15 If you love me, you will keep my commandments. You see, you can't really, I can't anymore, I can't read those and not go, ooh. I used to sort of go, maybe one upon a time, let's keep reading. Oh, I like that, but 
That's good. I'll meditate on that. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. I love what Clay said last week. He said, obedience without relationship is religion. If you love me, you'll move forward into this keeping the commandments. But obedience without love is just religion. I want to ask us three questions. And if you're not yet married, just run with this, and you may not, you know, want to get, it's not about getting married, so um, I'll just ask the question. <laughs> um, how many of us want a spouse who does what is asked of them, obedience, but who doesn't love us? Anybody want that type of spouse who does what they are asked, what you ask them maybe, but they don't love you. They're doing it straight out of obedience. Anybody want that type of husband or wife? Or how many of wants a spouse who claims they love you, but they never do what's asked of them? So they say, well, I love you, but they never get round to doing what is asked. Anybody want that husband or wife? Or, what about this option? How many of us want a spouse who loves us and wants to do what is asked of them because of love? Anybody want to tick that box? You got it. Well done. Not what I heard last week, but... I can say that because we're in a relationship and they love me. But here's my other question. Okay? Is God any different? You see, we must come to see it from His point of view. So often we just see things through our own lens. Thank you for your love, God. And God's like, hold on a minute. Can we have a a chat about some things? Oh, thanks for that. I'll take that. And off I go. That's anchored. I'm, I'm doing my thing. I'm my ticket in heaven sorted and I'm gone. No, no, no. Oh, there's some things that we want to talk about here. There's some things that I want you to appropriate. There's some things. There's some people I want you to go, you know, be calm. And, and there's this other thing. No, no, no. God, I love you, but I ain't obeying you. I'm obeying me. From God's perspective, do you want it? Did I marry Danielle so she could just obey me? Need the washing done, need the, uh, you know, my, my dinner on the table, need to give me some kids, that'd be good. Uh, <laughs> never been able to get her to watch Liverpool with me, but anyway, we're working on that one. Or a, or a back scratch. I'm working on that. She doesn't do back scratches. Pray for me. Pray. But what sort of relationship is that? He does all these things, but there's no love, or vice versa. I just do them, but I don't love her. Or I claim to love her. Honey, I love you. I love you with all my heart. I lay my life down. I do anything for you. Or could you do this? Can you hang out the washing? Nah. Can you take the kid? Nah. 
Can you spend time with me? Nah. I'm way too busy for that. Man, I've got this, 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 this thing. got my career, got my sport, got this, got my golf, got all these things. God's perspective. See, God came and died, and this love is extreme. You can't even describe it, can you? I can't. But he looks for something back as well. So it is free. Absolutely it's free. But his heart posture is he actually looks for a two-way. Any relationship is two-way. And it's motivated by love. So he doesn't want this church that are law-based, obediently driven. It's called the Pharisees. Living, I obey all the commandments. What did he say? I don't want your birth offerings. I don't want your sacrifices. I want compassion. That's what David said. You look for a contrite spirit. Not all these things, but God, I did all this in your name. I did this, 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 this. Lord, I healed the sick. I did this, I did this, I did this, I did this. I obeyed the commandments. What more do you want? But it's done from law. There's no love in it. Danielle, I hang out the washing. Oh, doom, 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 doom. Do you love me, Greg? No. Or you get this jellyfish kind of thing happening over this side. You'd be right, brother. Love's co- God's covered it all. Man, we're all good. Oh, don't worry about tidying that up in your life. Nah, I don't fulfill that purpose. I mean, he just loves me. We can have this love party over here. We'll all grow long here. <laughs> That'd be a miracle. Can you hear what I'm saying? It's like jellyfish type of love. No, his love, see, it's that and that and you bring them into the middle and that's where you have alignment and the Father, that's where Jesus sits. He obeys the Father because he loves the Father. What motivates the obedience is love. A burning, all-consuming love. And when we love like that, one another and the Father, Defined by his love. Our world looks, the church looks and goes, who are these people? Who are these people? And there becomes this awe. You know, the Israelite community, they were being obedient to God. Those people around them, those nations were in awe of them. They're coming. We need to go make some sort of treaty with these people because they're coming. We outnumber them, but they're coming. Now, we're not to come in the form of violence, are we? It's love. Love is violent in nature. Please hear what I'm saying. It's all-consuming. It's like... It's the most beautiful thing a person can experience is the Father's love. And he says, one of the mandates that I have for the church, a commandment, not an instruction, but a commandment, is that my people would love me and that they would love one another. Jesus, out of the 613 Levitical laws, 
Which one is the greatest? You know, I know it can be confusing, can't it? I know it can be this big, long thing. So let me simplify it for you. Let me take all the confusion out of it. So it's so simple that you miss it. <laughs> love me with that love I just described and love people. A new commandment I give you is love one another as I have loved you. And so I ask myself this question. Am I known for that? Am I known for the selfless, sacrificial, obedient love? Is that what defines me as a follower of Jesus? Is that what defines the rock as a community, as a body of Christ? Are we defined by that? My heart, my, what I'm laying my life down for is that the church and a lost world would see God in us to a point that they would go, Jesus was sent for me. Man, I don't know about you, but I know what I'm committing to. <laughs> and there ain't going to be much of my carnal flesh left in that equation. But he's given me his Holy Spirit. He's given you the Holy Spirit. He's given me his word. He's given you his word. He's given us one another to make this a reality. And then he says, if that's not enough, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. You go into all the ends of the world, I'll be behind you, beside you, in front of you, carrying you. So you can make this become a reality because in all things, the Christ in me, I can do all things. So it ain't just a dream. It ain't just a willful thought. God wants it to be a reality. It's called his bride. One John four. One John four verses seven. I'm going to read this pretty fast as well. So one John four seven to twenty one. Beloved, let us love one another. So once again, John is writing to the church. Let us love one another, for love is from God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God. For God is love. See, I read that and I get a little bit haunted a little bit by that, but in a good way. Because there's this correlation between they'll know my disciples by the way they love one another. And it says, the one who does not love does not know God. So do we know about him or do we know him? Do we know about the love or do we know of it? This is why God puts us together. So together, as we walk together, we come into, because it can only happen via revelation. You can't willfully, in your own willpower, go, I now know God. Through the seeking of the Father, through the coming into, through the asking, seek, ask, knock, 
through the pursuit of love, not gifts, the pursuit of love, revelation of the Father comes. Hence, Peter. Where did you get that from? From my Father. Hence, walk together. Because I pretty much guarantee you right now in the room that some know of and some know about. You may have been a Christian for 30 years, but you still only know about. Now keep going. Keep pressing in. Keep pursuing. Keep asking. Keep hungry. He's a hungry, hungry God. He's looking for hungry, hungry people. But walk with some others. So you get encouragement. So you don't quit. So you don't go, oh man, I've been on this journey for so long, I'm still waiting. No, keep going. Can I say keep going? Keep going. Keep going. But walk with others. Walk with others. Expose yourself to others. Allow others to define you as well. So you come to know Him and then we start loving one another. And we are, but there's more. By this love, by this, the love of God was manifested in us. That God has sent His only begotten Son into the world so that we might live through Him. In this love, in this is love. Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us and His love is perfected in us. A world will know that I was sent for them when my disciples love one another because it's being perfected in us. It's being grown. So you can't just go, well, I'm a born-again Christian, I've got the love of God, and whoopee, that's it. There's more. There's an expression So it's there as a deposit. It's there, but is it being expressed to a measure where people look and go, you are so different. Not even because you've done something firstly. You see, we're the light of the world. Well, we are, but we've got to become it. More and more. Because when Jesus walked, The demonic knew who he was, didn't they? Here he is. The disciples were going, who's this fellow? I mean, think about that. He's just done signs and wonders. He's fed 5,000 people. He's calmed the waves. The demonic goes, there's the Son of God. They bow down. The disciples go, do you know who this fellow is? Work out your salvation. There's a work that God wants to do within us. And it's good news. By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us because He has given us His Spirit. Verse 14. We have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son to be the Saviour of the world. 15. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in Him and He in God. We, know, we have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love and the one who abides in love abides in God and God abides in Him. By this, love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. Because as He is, so also are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment and the one who fears is not perfected in love. We love because He first loved us. If someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. 
Woof. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment again we have from him that the one who loves God should love his brother also. I'm going to suggest to me today and to us today that one of the major reasons that maybe we are but we're not quite there and there's work to be done is because we have a wrong focus. And as a leadership, and I'll state this right now, a leadership across the body, and people that I'm walking with, I'm seeing, and I even see it in my own heart, there's a slightly wrong emphasis and focus from a biblical perspective. And I want to suggest to us that today, and God had to open my eyes to it, that we're slightly off true north. And the reason, I believe, one of the reasons for this we have made the instructions of Christ the commandments and we've made the commandments of Christ the instructions. What are instructions? Preach, raise the dead, heal the sick, make disciples. They are, making disciples is the great commission. They're instructions to go and do some things. Are they commandments? What did Jesus say the great commandment was? Love God and love one another as I've loved you. And we've taken the instructions and gone, let's go make those the commandments. We've taken the commandments and it's gone, let's make those options. And there's a work God wants to do because, and I've said this, because he wants to define the instructions. Who's going to go and do in you? How do a whole lot of people arrive at a point and go, Lord, Lord, I did all these things for you. I genuinely did them in your name. And the Christ speaks and goes, who are you? How can that be a reality? In the name of you, I did them. Yep. Who defined it? Was it actually of me? Did I... Apart from you, me, you can do nothing. Is it you fulfilling your will on the earth, taking instructions and somehow, because you don't see from my divine perspective, you define it? I know there's incredible tension to what I'm saying, but with all my heart, I to believe it to be true. Because, let's just ask the question. <laughs> Love one another world look and see a church that's known for love I mean let's be honest if we ask the question of people we watched the video two weeks ago what do you think of Jesus and what do you think of Christians now, some things, there's context and all that, but see, I know we love, and I'm believing we're loving more one another as we go forward, but there is work to be done of Him. And see, the commandments define the commission. Now, hear me, I am into the instructions. Jesus did things, but it was defined by His Father, by the commandments. 
All those things the Bible say dissipate. But love remains. Why do you think love remains? What's he looking for? He's looking for his bride. He's looking for a people that are defined wholeheartedly to him and will do it his way. I seek and save the lost. I lead all men to me. I build my church. Your role is to love me with everything you have. Your role is to love one another. Those are the commandments that I've given you. But I don't have time. I don't have time to love Paul Costello. I don't have time because I'm so focused on reaching and going and doing and doing and doing and doing. And I'm spinning all my plates because I don't have the time to do the commandments because the commandments, the constructions have become my commandments. But this thing's burning me out and burning me out. Yeah, because the commandments of this. Now, what I'm saying is the most externally focused message I think I've ever preached. So if you're hearing it sounds like navel-gazing, if you're hearing it's self-centered, can I encourage you, it's not. It's the most outward-focused message I think I've ever preached because it will cost you everything. There is no self left in it. But there is plenty of self can still be, can still be left in the instructions. I have a ministry gift that I need to fulfill and I'm looking for it wherever I can. If I don't find it, look out. And my plank will bang into everybody that's close to me because why? Because I have to fulfill the self thing in me. It must die. And then when it's dead and buried, Father, define who you want me to be. I want you to clean the loose, Greg. Done. I want you to clean the carpet, Greg. Done. I want you to walk with Simon and love on him. Done. Not about, but what about that thing? It'll be granted back to you in my timing and I'll have defined it. That's what I'm looking for. Obedience out of love, love out of obedience. The commandments. We have to get how serious this is. And I'm going to leave it there. We have to get how serious this is. The Father's revealed it to me in the Spirit. He's revealed it. I can see it. I can see what I will build my church means now. Yes, there are things to do, people, but it's defined through loving and we must love one another. We will come alive when we live in those two things. That's why he said they are the greatest two things. He didn't say the greatest commandment is to reach the lost. He didn't say it's to heal the sick. He didn't say it's to raise the dead. He said, be in this relationship with me, this intimacy with me, seek me, because I can do all that with a click of a finger. I'm inviting you to partake, but it is not the main thing, because all that will dissipate when I return. I'm looking for my bride, 
and my bride won't say she loves me and then obey, not obey me. My bride won't just obey me because she's living in law and instruction. She'll obey me out of love. I'm looking for my equal. God does not want a whole lot of people, law-based, driven, judgmental people. They're called Pharisees. Pointing the finger at everybody. Telling them how wrong they've got it when the blank is in their own eye. And he does not want a whole lot of people who are just accepted that love and have sat on that seat and never moved. Because there is a whole world that needs to hear and know that love. But that love has to be formed firstly within through relationship and intimacy. And then he will go with you. But he's defining what it looks like. That's what he's building here. That's the journey he's on of building those people. That love him and obey him. And it's brought together. That's what he built us for. That's why he created us. That his bride, his church, man, would be such a signal to a world because there's nothing left of us that's in them. We can't expect it of them, can we? He expects it of us. For much is given, much is expected. Now that's different because of different giftings and all that stuff. But at the end of the day, he is expecting some things. And Paul says that there. And he says, you know, on the day of judgment, the judgment seat of Christ, that is not something, guys, I'm telling you, just to go, whatever. The judgment seat where you will stand before him and have to give an account. And there is a reward that is given for what you have been and allowed him to do through you. What a phenomenal, phenomenal place to be. To stand in front of Jesus Christ and to hear him say some things. Not out of fear. Hear my heart. I'm, I'm just, we work it out with an awe, but that love and the appropriation of that. And this is why walking together, knowing him, loving others, it's our life. And just a plaque on a wall that's about that big that you walk in and you see. It's what God's wanting to appropriate in us. And together. Oh, mate. <laughs> together. We're doing this. In our struggles, and our brokenness, and our different gift mixes, and our different opinions at times. Nothing's breaking this bond. Love, unity, oneness. Why? Because we're moving towards the bigger goal. And that thing empowers the transformation to walk together. I'm not walking away from my brother because I disagree with him. I love him. I'm walking with him. Amen? Amen. Lord, I pray, Father, today, and thank you, God, for the work you're doing here. Such a work of the Spirit, Lord, and these people are awesome people. Father, we're yours. Lord, we are yours. We're your children. And I thank you for Clay's message last week, Lord, that that painted one part of a two-part picture. What he has done, the cementing, is phenomenal. Now move forward and appropriate 
and live under my Lordship and my grace and my mercy. I thank you for our hearts that are being transformed. I thank you for that our minds that are being transformed. God, I pray like David said when he understood, remove this false way from me. Remove this, this nature that I have that wants to be God and be in control. And teach me your statutes. Teach me your word. Help me to come into and understand through the renewing of the mind what was bought and paid for. Not only now, but in the future. Help me to see clearly and understand. And as we do that together, bring us into this greater sense of freedom and life that is found in the kingdom of God, in you, you in us. For my kingdom is within you, God would say. Jesus said that and he stated that. Born of the Spirit to see it and born of water and Spirit to enter into a reality. I will never leave you, never forsake you. I will walk with you. My Holy Spirit will lead you into all truth. Do not be deceived by the schemes of the enemy. Do not allow him to rob you. Father, I just bind every every influence that's not of you today. Every hurt that has caused the pattern of thinking. Father, every experience that has caused a pattern that's out of alignment to you. Father, every self-centered desire or thing that, that, that is manifesting that needs to find something, needs to be justified in some way. God, I pray you would just supernaturally, God, I pray we would give that to you. I pray, God, that we would be surrendered like we sing. Jesus modeled this for us. Surrendered to the Father. Timothy modeled it. I haven't found any other man like this man who puts everyone else's interests ahead of his own. The self that's in us, Lord. And God, define your church. Build her. May we only ever pick up what you ask us to pick up. May we only ever carry what you ask us to carry. Give us the discernment and the wisdom to be able to hear that and see that. Because it is light. Learn from me because I am gentle. Jesus, we want to learn from you. Grow us, shape us, mold us at this time of the year, Father. We thank you for it, but we know it's a stepping stone. We thank you for your son. We thank you that he came to a virgin and was birthed and modeled something, even at the age of 12 years old, that challenged his mum and dad. He came and said, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. The fullness of truth lives in me. I define it all. Jesus, we pray and we ask today as we move forward as a community into 2013, Lord, that we would allow you to define us more, that we would reach out in the leading of your Spirit, and that we would work out our salvation with fear and trembling in awe of the One who is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I pray, Father, we do that together. 
not as individuals, which our Kiwi culture promotes, but together as a community that is growing in spirit and in numbers. Give us vision to see as you see. Give us wisdom to think as you think. 